Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Sven. Sven, welcome to I made it to, to work on time. Welcome to the show. Okay, there's a bit of a yes. story behind Sven being here. He was going to be here for the Bible study at 8 o'clock because we are going to be discussing... The Daily. The Daily. It's happening. It's on. It is. Like yes. The Breakfast Show. So we have a debate coming up. Listen closely. Which I'm going to win. No, I'm going to win. <laughs> of course I'm going to win. Okay, so that's Bible study time. So you're going to have to stay tuned for the next hour to, uh, to hear about the daily. Um, and, but in between time, uh, Sven just sort of texts in like, yeah, what time do I need to come in for the Bible study? I'm like, well, actually, I don't have a co-host this morning. It'd be kind of cool if you were right here by seven. And I made it here by seven. And, and, and he made it here in time to put his head, headset on and uh, grab the weather and uh, ready to go. This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. This is Anders Svensson with Gone Are The Days. Gone are the days that I look to the world for peace, look for a sense of Myself to please look for a sense of my glory. And gone are the days that I thought I would give my life to lies. Gone are the days, and gone are the days. Just like that poem I sung, hiding Christ to life 
I'm not on my own. I'm not on my own. Gone are those days. You're listening to Anders Venson. This is the Breakfast Show on Faith FM. We are getting started, which means we're about to start with our quiz of the day. And as Ven is joining us this morning, hosting for us, so he's going to bring to us the first clue for our quiz. It is the quiz. So who am I? Uh, this is the first clue. It is, I gave orders to have Michael taken away from her husband, Paltiel, and be given back to David. So Michael is a girl's name in this case. And so somebody... Spelt uh, slightly differently. Spelt slightly differently. Pronounced the same way. Pronounced the same way. But I'm um, taken away from this, this guy, this poor guy, Peltiel, uh, and then given back to King David. So who am I? He was, he was truly brokenhearted over that as well. He was. He loved this girl. That was a bit of a sad story. It I'm going to go with this name here as my guess. No. No, no you're wrong. No, there you go. You don't get the prize. And the prize is good. Okay, so tell us about the prize. Okay, the prize. Uh, the prize is a, a really great book. And it's it's a book. Uh, if you have fallen in love with Jesus, if you said, put up your hand and said, yes, I want to follow Jesus all the days of my life right through to eternity, this book is for you because it it's, um, it's about how you can make other disciples. Now, often we think about um, the word evangelism. We think of big evangelists like Lyle Southwell and people like that. And we think, oh, I can't do it. But, you know, the thing is that making disciples can be really easy. And this book is a book which says, if you can eat, you can make disciples. So, Lyle, can you eat? I can eat. So you can make disciples. I can't cook, but I can eat. You can you can make disciples too. So that's absolutely. The this is this is this is really really good. So so if you call uh, our number here in the studio and you have the correct answer for who <laughs> gave orders to give Michael back to da- uh, David, you will win this prize. Okay, all right. Give us a call right now. One eight hundred Faith FM. That is one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Or text us. On zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, if you know the answer, and there will be a prize, and we'll throw if you can get it before I can figure out what the uh, answer to this one is, we'll throw an extra something in there as well. Okay, positively different news this morning. Well, we haven't done what we were thankful for yet. We we should. I'm I'm very thankful, and and one of the reasons I'm thankful is you're going to get a house. Thank fin- you. Yes. Yeah, finally, you're going to get a, a permanent home that I that, that we own. That you own. That you well, can fix up. The bank owns, but the bank owns. Yes, yes. So I'm I'm really happy. And the the thing is, this is I'm thankful because we're getting pretty close to buying a house here too. Oh, congratulations! Both of us. We're, we're no both, longer homeless. We are both in the uh, in the same category. So indeed. Um, at what stage are you? At the looking stage, made an offer stage, halfway through signing paper stage. We're, waiting to settle stage. We're, we're, we're pouring over floor plans and viewing five houses in the next two days, and we're going to put an offer in uh, by the end of this week or early next week. But it's the, the decision so needs to be made. That's so exciting. I'll see, see if you can see if you can. Here's your challenge: see if you can settle before us. It might, settle, be, might be hard. We're on the 26th of March. Yes. But it, you're already in the possible. process. Yeah, that's right. We're so, so that's a bit hard. We're well, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. It's, it's a challenge. It's your challenge. See if we can settle. Um, so you've got four weeks from today. Four weeks from today. <laughs> the race is on. The debate's on. The race is on. Yes. Uh, very good. That's super exciting, Vince. It is. Very, very exciting. It is. I'm glad to hear about that for you guys. Okay. Uh, what am I thankful for? I am thankful for Family Fun Night. Like one of the ones. We uh, had Family Fun Night last night. And let me guess, board games. Close. Card, Close. Ga- card games. Card games. Card games. No, card games. Card games. Yes, okay. Card not games. street racing. Not street. Not, no, not car games, but card Card games. games. Okay. Yes. So mm. it's the same thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so who came over? Um, our youngest son and his girlfriend. Ah, nice. So, yeah. Nice. Our oldest son is... Um, in Queensland now, so it would have been a bit of a long trip for him, but he'll be here on the weekend, so that's something else for us to be thankful for and to look forward to. But the big question is, is who won the card game last night? Let's not go there. 
Ah, you lost. <laughs> you lost. I can tell. <laughs> At least you're a good loser. It was the oldies versus the youngies, and, and you it was, lost. It was down to the wire. Ah, competitive <laughs> Lyle. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. Changing the subject. Changing the subject. Positively different news. Yes, positively different news. I have just got an email this morning, which is very, very positive, Lyle. And uh, both of us have been really blessed by Creation Ministries International. Yes. An organization whose goal is to promote... Uh, the biblical understanding of creation. Couldn't promote these guys highly enough. Very, very, very good. They they do a very uh, important and sometimes tough work, uh, but they um, uh, they've been a real blessing in in my life. Uh, and I just got an email this morning that they have established a new job, a new position, which is amazing. So it's the university liaison coordinator. And this is a, a new position, and what this role will do is uh, the person that is accepted for this role will work together with university student groups, uh, staff in universities, and universities themselves uh, with, the, with the goal of um, connecting in uh, with Creation Ministries International and for an understanding of creation, biblical um, uh, account of creation. And, and Lyle, this is very, very, very significant uh, because the fact is this, is that universities are one of the key um, influences or shapers of culture yes. in the Western world. That's it, right. The, the entire world. Education is the most powerful force we have in our, on the planet. In, indeed, indeed. And, and so um, the, the creation ministries are well aware of that. They, I mean, evolution is promoted uh, most heavily in universities. I mean, obviously, it's being pushed down to the secondary schools and primary schools. But, but um, universities where it really hits hard. And a bastion. Yeah. Of evolution, and so what? What this role is is a, a liaison offer, a bridge builder uh, to to form some, you know, shall I say, reconciliation, build those bridges, but at the same time to to um, share the incredible good news about a loving creator, mm. our loving creator, yeah, yeah. Um, on campus to strengthen uh, university student groups. And, and to change the culture of the massive culture um, shapers of our time. Absolutely. And, you know, this is going to be so important considering the high levels of depression and anxiety that exist today for young yes. people to know that they're not an evolutionary mistake or chance or accident, I guess we should say, but they yes. are actually the personal creation of God. That's right. Made in the image of God. Sons and daughters of God. Yes, so, so th this this role is absolutely incredible, and um, a very very positive news for our Faith FM um, listeners. And and there there might be uh, someone listening today. I was just thinking that who who may actually go, that's me. Yes, I really want this this role. So it's a you know someone with a background in science, someone with a background in the philosophy of science, the the relationship between uh, faith and science, and um, and you know if you're comfortable with university students, which is an amazing role mm. uh, to to be involved in, uh, this could be yours. So so while it's positive for all of us, there could be some very um, I shouldn't say lucky, but, but that's a very Aussie term. Lucky person, um, chosen, gifted person who could actually apply for this role. And, and our entire country could be blessed, um, not only by the role, but a person who says, yes, I want this role. I'm willing to put my shoulder to the wheel, as they say, and, and get this, this moving. It's an incredibly positive uh, news item come right this morning. I, I got it this morning at 6.31, one minute before I spoke to you on by SMS. Oh, there you go. Fantastic. All right, some good news coming out of uh, Creation Ministries International there. And yes, if you have uh, the qualifications and the background uh, in that, I think that would be just an incredibly important role for somebody to take. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there is nothing more powerful than education, and the future of our country is at the education of our young people. This is BJ Thomas with He's the Hand on My Shoulder.
BJ Thomas with He's the Hand on My Shoulder. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here with Lyle and Sven this morning. Sven, have we got another clue for our quiz? We do, we do. So if you haven't quite got that one, this is the next one. I accused Abner of sleeping with a concubine named Rizpah. That's a bit um, bit saucy, isn't it? A bit raunchy. That is a bit A bit of gossip, a bit of... But yeah, you've got me scratching my head this morning. You're li- you're completely off track with the last guess. Thank you for the encouragement. <laughs> but you were getting close. You were getting close. I'll I'll, I'll give it to you. You're you're in the right I, testament. I, I got it. I, I, great, <laughs> great. <laughs> now you're doing well. Narrowed it down to two testaments so far. Yeah, you're in the right testament. I accused Abner of sleeping with a concubine named Rispa. Hmm. Well, <laughs> Both of these to me, but the wording of the first one puts me off, but both of these to me sound like this one. Uh, no. Because the wording of the first one is... Anyway, anyway, whatever. All right, all right. Moving on. Changing the subject again. Um... Oh, by the way, the prize. The prize is... The prize, um, yes. reminder. The prize, if you can eat, you can make disciples. Great book. Learn how to make followers of Jesus. Okay, and don't forget to give us a call, 1-800-324-843 or 1-800-FAITH-FM. Um, 0491-064-669 is the text number. If you know the answer to these obscure clues, you're doing better than me. So grab your Bibles, do some research, see what you can find. Okay, so let's see, go back to the uh, coronavirus. Uh, we do our daily update on the coronavirus, and I guess you're mm. all starting to get sick of me talking about it, but this is a big deal. Um, and particularly in a relationship, or becoming a big deal in relationship to churches. Yes. Um, Prime Minister Scott Morrison has just come out and mentioned and stated that it is ha- going to have a larger impact on the economy than the bushfires. Wow. And that sort of well, makes but, me wonder. You know, the, the stock markets are literally crashing down around the world. There's a huge amount of fear yeah. in the financial world. People are running for gold and silver. Indeed. <clears throat> Um, so the question that goes to my mind is this. When the bushfires come through, we have a tremendous amount of sympathy for our farmers that is getting smashed by the bushfires. 
Now that the coronavirus is coming through, do we have the same kind of sympathy for our businesses that are trading with China or just trading in general that are getting smashed? Do we take up an offering? Do we you know, make appeals to keep our businesses alive? Do we have the same kind of emotional attachment to people who are living in the city running a business as to people who are living in the country running a business? It's that's a very good question, Lyle. Because I guess deep down in our hearts, as as Aussies, we have this deep rooted connection, deep roots uh, with farming, it's cultural, and and our background, the land. You know, it goes back to our, you know the Aboriginal, where we you know give um, honour to the the former owners of the land, custodians of the land. Um, and and we feel for the farmers who who drive the tractors and and have to do that. Whereas I guess with businesses, we uh, you know the turnover is high. You know they they global their global businesses often even if they're small. Um, I guess it will it will take some time for us to have the same kind of sympathy for our businesses. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel the same. You know, I'm sort of looking at this and it's like, well, one is a business in the country and one is a business in the city. But I just don't have that emotional connection to the one in the city. And I'm just thinking, well, you know, they're both being hit by, a, you know, a ma- they're both taking a massive hit, but from in different ways. But also, you know, what about our universities too? The universities with the Indeed. students, international students, China, Iran, um, Italy. Uh, you know, if they take a bit of a hit, I mean, they have big coffers. I was just reading the other day, uh, $12 million coffers to, to buffer this. Uh, but still those young people, it. they they certainly will. And there's young people um, who are potentially getting sick as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's certainly something to, to think about. We, we, we need to really um, increase the compassion we have. Even for you know organisations we may not sort of generally sympathise with. Mm. Okay, so um, Iran's health minister has just tested positive for coronavirus, so that's cutting a little bit close to home. First um, government, um, high-level government official wow. who has come down with the disease in the United States, and this is interesting to watch because this is something that we need to be start thinking about. The Chinese uh, Christian community has taken the lead in um, in you know, public health measures in relationship to churches because they've recognized that their churches are, you know, very, very, you know, big places where... Public meetings. Public meetings where, where the you know, churches and schools are the two biggest areas that are going to be impacted by this. And so they're really on the front lines. They've recognized it and they've got ahead of it and been very proactive about it. Even though there's only been 34 cases of corona in the United States, Australia has, you know, infinitely more than that on a per capita basis. And so they're self they're currently self quarantining. Um and so if you look at your uh, churches your Chinese churches across the states, um, you know, you've got signs on the front doors like, you know, this one here it says, Please refrain your child from church or class if he or she has travelled in Asia within fourteen days or contacted persons from Asia within fourteen days. Um, if a child does not feel well, it is in their best interest to keep them home and consult your physician if they have any of the following symptoms, fever, cough, skin rash, spots, swollen glands, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. You know, it's a little bit confronting to turn up to church and see a sign like that on the front door. Yes, it's sort of, it's not the most welcoming sign uh, that, that you could come across. But the thing is this, uh, Lyle, if we are thinking that our, or, or recognize that our churches need to be safe places, we we need to be thinking broadly and, and and just facing the the truth, facing the reality, and that's what Christianity is about. You know um, that that if if someone is is sick with the coronavirus, we need for the for the benefit of the entire um, community, we need to be actually dealing dealing with it. So, yeah. um, I guess the question would be, what what would you do if you were a pastor of a church? And here in Australia. Is, well, this might be something that we will all be facing very soon. Indeed. Uh, and one of the things that they are instituting in amongst the Chinese churches in the United States is uh, worship services that are taking place by via WeChat, which yes. is Chinese um, Facebook kind of thing. Um, they've called off, you know, their um, their their lunches and their small groups. Well, with their lunches, what some of them are doing is hot cooked food only served on a plate. So no buffets, no right, so potluck. The, the virus goes wild. No sneezing over the feed. No, no, uh, no, no fresh greens. Everything's cooked. 
Right. Um, and so you just line up and you get handed a plate of food. Um, and I think that these are very wise precautions that they are taking and things that we need to sort of start thinking about. Um, and those, that's for the ones that are still having church, having uh, lunches. Some have just cancelled their lunches and just having the main service and that's it. But they have noted a 50% drop in attendance. In China. In, Australia, in, in the United States. In the United States. In the, amongst the Chinese churches in the United States. Right. And it gets coming back to your question. You know, it's, it's, you've got this sign at the front which says, you know, if you've been overseas, if you've traveled to Asia, you know, if you, your kid has any of these kind of sicknesses, I mean, you might be a bit kind of put off, right? You might, you yeah. might go like, I mean, that's a bit kind of rude. No, uh, but it's necessary. But, but the thing is, put yourself in the shoes of another parent, for example. Exactly. A, and... Would would you want to be going to a um, like a Sabbath school class or a Sunday school class when there's kid who a child or or an adult who has been been to Asia and is sneezing away? Would you want to be there? No, not at all. And so so this is actually making a a safe place for yes uh, for people to actually go to church and and worship God. Another thing that they have been using in the communion service, and I didn't know this, this existed, but apparently it was invented back during the SARS outbreak, is um, pre-sealed little packets that have um, your grape juice and wafer in it. Um, and you just peel the ceiling off and you've got the two um, elements there and away you go with um, communion. Now, I wonder how the Anglicans and the Episcopalians are going to go. Well, they're going to have to adapt because they, they share the cup. Because they do. You, you go up to the front and, and you have one single cup. Uh, you have a bit of a, 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 a swig, yeah. a, a bit of a drink, uh, sorry, I should say. And, and then the, the priest, the officiating priest, wipes the, the cup and, and twists it around for the next person. Uh, they're going to have to do some pretty creative thinking there. Yeah, and the Catholic Church, and even even within our churches, you know, you've got the public breaking of the bread. You know, you with might, handling the bread, you might need to move away from these kind of things. Lots of things to think about in our churches if this does take hold as a pandemic, and we are best to be thinking about it now rather than later. arguments about how it will be Will it be every living eye To see him coming in the sky And what about the midnight cry I hear them say Oh Are the streets like I was told Are they really made of gold Will Jerusalem be built where it is now? How can there be a crystal sea If the sea has ceased to be? All these questions annoy me I just don't care Cause I want to be there I just want to be there and sit at my Jesus feet I wanna be there I just don't care about the crown Or the color of the gown As long as Jesus is in town I wanna be
good at my Jesus feet. I wanna be fair. I just don't care about the crown or the color of the gown. As long as Jesus is in town, I wanna be there. You were listening to Leonardo Consalves with There. This is The Breakfast Show with Lyle and Sven this morning. Sven, we have another clue for our quiz coming up. So we, uh, let's see what we've got this time. We do, we do. So Rechab and Barna stabbed me to death while I lay on my bed, then cut off my head and took it to David. This is a bit gruesome, isn't it? But these two, two guys, Rechab and Barna, stabbed me to death. Okay, I know exactly who this is. I just can't spit the name out right now, but I will get there because I um, am multitasking at the moment. But as, as soon as I've got a moment to stop and think, I will give you the name. Anyway, if you can give the name first, you have double prizes coming your way. So that's 1-800-324-843 or 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on 491 Joining us on the phone this morning is David Haupt, who comes on as a regular weekly um, piece dealing with emotional health. Last week, David, we talked about the uh, diagnosis and symptoms of depression. Good morning. Good morning to your listeners. Yes, sure, we were dealing with symptoms. Well, not a very good focus to start off for for treatment am i right no we need to well we need to know more about than just symptoms we what do we actually do with this once uh once we recognize the symptoms and so often especially in mental health we because the dsm-5 give us no indication to the cause we actually have to uh deal with with, with the symptoms and medicate those symptoms and uh, we see that um in, in terms of mental health, there's there's a major crisis. Depression is hitting epidemical levels in not just our country but worldwide. So let's change the focus this morning, Lyle, to looking at the causes. Is it possible to find the cause? Dr. Neil Nedley, who's an internal medicine specialist, was uh, facing this dilemma. And he started doing research and he found over 100 causes to depression. But the significant part for him was that as he started to write these causes down, which is found in general, uh, you know, research literature, as well as sometimes it appears on our news as well. He realized that there are 10 major categories that appears. But the significance of this was that as he continued the research, he discovered that while there's 10 major, what he calls the hit categories of causes to depression, you need at least four causes to be active in your life before you will become depressed. Now, the significant thing of this is that out of those 10 Two is outside of our control, while eight is under our control. You wanted to ask a question. Well, the, I was just going to make a comment that that's really good news. If if uh, if there's only two of them that are out of our control, then the rest of them that means are issues that we can potentially deal with. So we're starting to look, and, and I'm a bit scared to say this, but we, we, we're starting to look more at depression than uh, if, if we can take this train of thought as a lifestyle disease, especially if I need four, uh, I, I need four before I will become depressed. 
So what is the chance of being able to live a life depression-free if eight is under my own control, only two is outside of my control? Well, I would say that that then is a very, very high chance of being able to live depression-free. And that is what we exactly do in our community programs. We don't disconnect people from their doctors. We ask them to continue their relationship with the doctors. We don't uh, ask people to get off their medications. Their doctors will do that. But what we then start to do is tackle each one of those hit categories and eliminate them through lifestyle changes. And we see that people actually not only become better, but eventually can withdraw from the medication and live a life depression-free. For somebody who fully embraces lifestyle change, what would be the percentage of people amongst that category that are able to get off of their medication? Well, in our residential programs, we are able to get a 90% depression recovery completely stepping away from depression for the rest of their life if they maintain their lifestyle now why do i say 90 percent? you always have a minority of people that just do not want to bring about that lifestyle changes sure. let me go through it with it with you and i presume that we will not have enough time this morning to go through all 10 but let's raise a few of them this morning. Um, the first one is our genetical predisposition towards depression. In other words, let's say that all of my family members are battling with depression and have been battling with depression. My, my parents, my siblings, um, most probably I will have the predisposition, genetical predisposition towards depression. But if that is the only one that is active in my life, Dr. Nedley's research shows that I will not be depressed. That is good news. That is very good news. It's very now, encouraging. Let's look at the second component, that is my development. By the way, can I change my development? No, I can't. No, can, yeah. I change, can I change my genes, the first one? No, I can't change that. So here is the two that I cannot change, that it's outside of my control. So research shows that if you have gone through major trauma, if you've gone through sexual abuse, early childhood sexual abuse, if uh, that you would most probably have a predisposition towards depression. Uh, Professor Robert Grant, trauma world trauma specialist, says that people with unresolved trauma will either live a life of addictions or will suffer with mental disorder. Now, um, what is very interesting is that most of our psychological intervention that we try to, to, to do is focusing on the second one, the developmental causes. While we can't change it, we can reframe the meaning that that emotional pain holds in our life. And that's from a Christian perspective. I can look at my greatest pain, and we've spoken about this previously, mm. can in actual fact be seen as a crafting, not God caused, but a crafting in God's hand for ministry. And research is out that people that is in horrible circumstances but look away from themselves to see how they can bless other people actually have a far better mental health outcome. Mm -hmm. So, guys, right there is the first of the, the, the two, first two of the ten hit categories, which is outside of our control. I have a question. What? Sure. People that have a genetic predisposition to depression. So let's say that you know my parents are depressed and my siblings are depressed then the assumption is that I have a genetic predisposition to depression. Is that always a genetic predisposition or is it a result of, if you're saying that depression is a lifestyle disease, is it a result of inherited lifestyle rather than inherited genes, so to speak, in some, in some circumstances? You, you're jumping ahead of me because the next eight you will notice that most of that has to do with lifestyle. Our, our next, our third one has to do directly with lifestyle. Okay, so if if I've got parents who are depressed, siblings who are depressed, I don't necessarily 
have a genetic predisposition. It may be that I have inherited a a lifestyle. Oh, that's very true. Very, very true. Because my lifestyle, which is our third component, our, our lifestyle has to do with the issue of exercise. Do I spend between half an hour to an hour exercising at least five days a week? Now, what is typical of someone battling with severe depression is that they hardly get out of their house. And one of the most difficult things in our programs as we take people on a depression recovery program is to get them to start to do exercise. So when I do a residential program, I actually uh, will say to people, um, I will wake you up even before the sun comes up and we're going to go for a walk. We're going to go for a brisk walk. But it is phenomenal that from the first day that they start doing that exercise, that their anxiety level starts to drop. It takes about 10 days before the um, the exercise program will kick in and start to affect the depression. But Antidepressants take 14 to 21 days before you'll, you'll feel a change happening. So exercise still even beats uh, medication in its recovery process. And it's so, entirely free and it has a whole bunch of other positive side effects as well. That's really good news. And there's, and there's no side effects, right? Wow. Which we, we find in, in antidepressants. There are. Now, if I grow up, coming back to your question, uh, Lyle, if I grow up in a family that is exercise resistant, epigenetics, in other words, the switching on of my um, switches on my chromosomes will in actual fact say that I've got between 50 to 60% chance that I will also not be energized enough to want to go out and do exercise. And therefore, that's a hit for depression. But because it's in the, the epigenetic uh, realm, that means that I can make a lifestyle change there. Exactly. And it is phenomenal to watch people uh, in our programs, people that are treatment resistant that we bring into their program as they start to do exercise, not strenuous exercise, just initially starting to move, go for for early morning walk at their pace. Uh, it is phenomenal to see within three to four days how that their mood starts to change. So, David, this is must why- be quite incredible. So, you're running these these programs. You're you're taking these. Um, Groups of people who are struggling with depression and anxiety, and you're you're waking them up early, getting them uh, on the road, walking, uh, talking, and, and you're literally watching them change over ten days. Even even the people that uh, cook our meals, we we give them, and we'll later in a later session talk about nutrition. We tell them exactly what we need in the diet, and even they notice after three days. They say, "Are we just imagining ourselves, or are we seeing that people starting to laugh more? That their mood starts to change. There is there's a lighter." Spirit that starts to come through in in these people, but very true. They they not imagining themselves. They are truly seeing a remarkable transformation that that's taking place. It would be an interesting piece of research to do to uh, you know to put recording devices on people who are planning to come to a program like this and recording them for three days and then recording them, you know, three days into the program or say 10 days into the program, whatever it might be, and just measuring the amount of laughter, you know, the, the minutes of laughter per day uh, before and after um, yep. as a way of uh, mm. gauging this. Exactly, yeah. What we do, though, is we we have an instrument that Dr. Nedley had developed and it has been published uh, in research papers and had been vetted by his peers that uh, where we actually test people and are able to identify the causes in, in their life 
and then addressing those 10 hit categories, each one helping them to change. We can, after 10 days, do another test and we can see the change of transformation that's happened over their life. Now, in our normal um, community-based programs, we run the same program over 10 weeks. And people at the 10th week test themselves again and they can see the remarkable change that has taken place in terms of their depression, their anxiety, even their emotional intelligence, the ability to bounce back uh, is phenomenal and how many hit categories are still active in their life. So we've looked at genetics out of our control. We've looked at development outside of our control. But the third one, lifestyle, is under our own control. Very much under our mm. control, David. So, thank you, thank you for joining us this morning. We're going to have to uh, we're going to, have to finish up, but I think uh, I can I can tell that you've got a whole lot more to say on this particular subject, and we look forward to you being back here again next Wednesday. Look forward to that. Thank you so much. And that's David Haupt joining us for his weekly piece on emotional health, addressing the causes of depression and how we can deal with that. We're going to move on with the show. This is Mark Miller with My Faith Has Found a Resting Place. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. be more forgiving a program called forgive to live it's designed to help us all improve our lives you'll discover the healing power of forgiveness a relationship breakdown long-term hurt unresolved conflict through forgive to live you can break this cycle and start living a more forgiving life so if you're keen to take that first step head to forgive to live.org.au 
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Time is short, so let's get straight to the point. If you want to change to a career in teaching, Adventist Schools Australia is offering a guaranteed employment opportunity. How? Have a bachelor degree. Enroll in a Master of Teaching at Avondale University College. Uphold the Christian ethos. This is the career change you need with the job offer you want, guaranteed. Called to be a teacher? Called to be at Avondale. Full terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's freedom in that land Nothing but peace 